part three chapter seventeen of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter seventeen if a stranger had consulted kirsdnof about the position in which kirsdnof found himself after he came to his senses and if kirsdnof had been a perfect stranger to all the people who were concerned in the matter he would have said to the one who came to consult with him to straighten out this affair by running away is too late i do not know how the play will end but for you to run or to stay is equally dangerous but for those for whose peace you care your running away would be still more dangerous than your remaining of course kirsdnof would have said this only to a man like himself or like lopukhov to a man of firm character and undoubted virtue to other people it would be useless to give advice about such a situation because these other people invariably act in such cases meanly and contemptibly they put the woman to shame they dishonour themselves and then go out into their own society and whimper or boast and take delight in their heroic virtue or their amorous irresistibility with such people neither kirsdnof nor lopukhov like to talk about the way that men of generous character should act but kirsdnof would have been right in telling anyone his dictum that to run away now would be worse than to remain it would have been to imply i know how you would act if you remained you would act in such a way as not to expose your feelings because only in this way you will not do ill by remaining the task before you is so far as possible not to disturb the tranquillity of a woman whose life runs smoothly but it appears that it is already impossible not to disturb it the feeling that it is incompatible with her present relations is already according to all probability or rather to use simpler language already without any doubt engendered in her but as yet she does not know it whether it will spring up soon or not by herself without any interference on your part is uncertain but your avoidance of her would be the very thing to call it out consequently your going away would only be to hasten the matter a thing which you want to avoid but kirsdnof argued the case not as a stranger but as a participant it seemed to him that to go away would be harder than to remain the feeling impels him to remain consequently would not to remain be the same thing as to yield to the feeling to be tempted by its suggestions what right had he to believe so absolutely that neither by words nor by looks he would not betray his feeling would not bring it forth and therefore it would be wiser to go away in your own case it is very difficult to distinguish how far reason is tempted by the sophisms of inclination because uprightness says act fight against temptation then you have better chances for noble action this is a translation from the language of theory into everyday speech but the theory to which kirsdnof adhered considers such lofty words as nobleness to be ambiguous obscure and kirsdnof in his terminology would have expressed himself thus every man is an egotist so am i now the question comes up is it more profitable for me to go away or to remain if i go away i crush in me my personal feeling if i remain i am liable to disturb my feeling of human dignity by some stupid word or look which may be caused by this individual feeling the individual feeling may be crushed and by and by my peace of mind may be again restored 
I may be again satisfied with my life. But if I once act against my human nature, I shall lose forever the possibility of peace, the possibility of self-satisfaction. I shall poison all my life. My position is like this. I am fond of wine, and before me is a flask with very good wine. But I have a suspicion that this wine is poisoned. I cannot tell whether my suspicion is well-founded or not. Must I drink this flask of wine, or shall I pour it out so as not to be tempted by it? I must not call my decision either noble or even virtuous. These are two high words. I must simply call it coldly calculating common sense. I throw away the flask. Thus I deprive myself of some pleasure. I cause myself some displeasure. But by doing so, I secure my health that is, the possibility of having a great deal of such wine to drink, which I shall surely know is not poison, I simply do not act foolishly, and that is all the praise that I deserve. End of Part 3, Chapter 17 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine